Welcome to the Go Vita podcast, where your vitality is our passion. It's time to supercharge your health and wellness to take the next step on being the best version of you. Let's get underway. Hello and welcome to the Go Vita podcast, the show dedicated to bringing you the latest and greatest wellness advice so that you can enjoy the health and vitality that you deserve. Marcus Pierce here with you, CEO of the Wellness Couch Podcast Network, and today we're talking about nutrition in two key areas of life, pregnancy and postnatal, with a focus on four really important vitamins and minerals. To discuss this in great detail, there is no better person to welcome back to the Go Vita podcast than Victor Chabala. Victor is a qualified naturopath, medical herbalist, and homeopath based in Sydney. And if that wasn't enough, he's also in the midst of a Bachelor of Exercise and Sports Science from Charles Sturt University whilst juggling his role as an educator with Eagle Natural Health. Victor, it's a very warm welcome back to the Go Vita podcast. Thanks very much, Marcus. Nice to be back. Now, there are there's a number of vitamins and minerals that we can discuss, but I think uh, particularly from a research perspective and obviously the wealth of knowledge that you are, I think there's four really key vitamins and minerals to talk about in those uh, two major phases, pregnancy and postnatal, when the baby um, has arrived. So on this episode, let's go through four of them and uh, and ideally people can really understand just how important they are. I'm going to hit you up um, with two to begin with, iodine and choline, uh, particularly as they help support fetal and infant neurodevelopment. Can you enlighten us on those two? Yeah, absolutely. So starting off with iodine and, and uh, with iodine, its major role is basically in what we call the neuropsychological development of the growing fetus inside the mother's womb. Now to break that down, neuropsychology is pretty much the area of brain function and uh, in conjunction with areas such as emotion, behavior and also cognitive factors as well such as memory and concentration so even at that very early stage of life such factors are going to be extremely important for the growing fetus as it makes its way towards the nine months and ultimately birth so it's very important to get that stage of pregnancy uh, that, that that stage of development I should say for the fetus developed and supported early on so iodine or iodine plays a key role in that now the problem of course unfortunately is that in general australians are iodine deficient our levels of iodine in our soils are very very low and so iodine deficiency is more likely to occur um, pretty much not only for the females who are obviously pregnant but ultimately as well in the offspring. And it's the areas such as behavior and also cognitive function, such as the memory and concentration that comes into question. So iodine is such an important, crucial nutrient from very, from very early on, both for mother and of course, ultimately for the baby. And it's important to know that when it comes to iodine, See, we look at iodine and we think about it, of course, as being a very crucial nutrient for the thyroid. And what we need to know here, what you need to know is that in terms of pregnancy, the first two trimesters, so the first six months, the growing fetus relies solely on the mother's supply of thyroid hormones. Wow. And so therefore, yeah, so that so the iodine therefore is is, is extremely important for the mother to be consuming. <laughs> no pressure, mums, but you want to have no. some levels of iodine. 
Oh, wow. that's it, exactly. So, you know, so apart from iodine that you can, of course, uh, obtain from a good quality um, natal multivitamin, there are also good food sources. One of my favorite sources is uh, seaweed, good old seaweed. Um, iodine, of course, naturally is found in the sea. And so when it comes to seafood and so forth, um, your, your seaweed, uh, I personally love um, dulse flakes and nori mm-hmm. flakes. Yeah, so there's some of I think my I overdid flakes. on dulse flakes uh, in my vegan days and I now have this unfortunate response whenever I smell dulse. I think I literally used to <laughs> eat it out of the packet and I think I OD'd on it. Um, oh, you're iodine. Yeah, yeah, so you'd be you'd be you'd be sort of one of the very few Aussies who are actually not iodine deficient, there, Marcus. I think. Well, it's <laughs> interesting, those... isn't it? You talk about the soils, um, and now we're looking at you know food that doesn't grow in the soil because a lot of the food that does grow in the soil doesn't have the same levels. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. A mushroom still a strong source of iodine, um, or is it is it more the the food that's growing in the ocean? It's more the food in the ocean. And look, ideally, if mushrooms, you know, I mean, and this, this actually goes not, not just for mushrooms, but also for a lot of your fruits and vegetables. If the soils were rich in iodine, then indeed those fruits and veggies would be very rich in iodine. And, and of course, mushrooms would be no exception to that. But yes, unfortunately, we can't guarantee the levels of iodine given the low levels in the soil um, with regards to mushrooms. So you're still better off if you can, to look for and to consume those sea sources when it comes to iodine, so the seaweeds, for example. And I, think, and I think the other thing is, again, knowing the way the world works these days, particularly with something as important as bringing a new child into the world, you know, supplementation, I would imagine, is more important than ever because it's just, I was going to kind of ask in, in that is, are there, uh, are there uh, symptoms of iodine or choline and, and for pardon to our listeners, we keep on saying iodine or iodine, it's like tomato or tomato, but are there symptoms of iodine deficiency that listeners of this podcast um, may, uh, may be aware of? One of the main ones that we see at, uh, at the moment, and it's actually quite common now, is potentially thyroid or hypothyroid, and that's because where your thyroid um, is functioning um, at sort of more like a low point. And so with that in mind, one of the best ways to, of course, improve thyroid health is to, of course, consume iodine. So hypothyroidism is now on the increase. And unfortunately, we're starting to see quite a lot of it. A lot of it, of course, can be linked to the fact that our levels of, so- uh, our levels of iodine in our soils are quite low um, in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's starting to affect um, a large part of the population, particularly women from pretty much the age of 35 and above. And so, therefore, it's always important, I always suggest that if um, you are 35 or above, um, to perhaps maybe get a thyroid function test done through your, through your local GP, <clears throat> pardon me, just to see where you're at with your thyroid health, because that normally is an indicator with regards to um, you know, how much iodine you're, you're, you're potentially consuming or not consuming. So that's usually a big sign, a big factor. Now, question without notice, um, in your role as uh, educator with Eagle Natural Health, knowing that Eagle is in a number of the GoVita stores, can um, listeners of this podcast, can they have their thyroid function tested through an in-store naturopathy or is it only through um, the GPs? Uh, it's normally done through GPs, but naturopaths can certainly have it. Uh, can certainly organise that. There's quite a number of um, pathology labs that are now available and can actually uh, and actually do have relationships with the local naturopath. So you can get tests done 
through those pathology labs. However, most, if not all, GPs can also offer the service as well. So we've spoken a lot about iodine. Let's talk about choline. What um, what co- what can you help uh, help us understand in regards to choline, particularly uh, in pregnancy, um, when again there's a lot of development going on um, in mama's belly. That's right. So with choline, and choline actually is another another nutrient that's important for not only baby but for mum as well. And I'll explain why later. But getting to choline, its role is to support the production of a special type of neurotransmitter that's found in our nervous system, and it's called acetylcholine. From that, you can already see that choline plays a major role. It's actually part of the name, acetylcholine. And acetylcholine's role is to help support brain neurogenesis. And what that simply means is that it's basically the development of special cells in our nervous system called neurons. And these form into the brain. And so literally the neurons are formed and basically start the brain developments in the growing fetus. So that's the brain neurogenesis. So choline is important throughout the entire stage of pregnancy, but especially in the third trimester where the development of the fetal brain or the baby's brain is the most rapid. Now, this links into, I guess, one of these old, uh, one of these stories you might hear from um, from many of the mothers out there who are either who are either pregnant or have been pregnant, and it's the area where um, issues such as vagueness and poor memory and forgetfulness occurs. So it's also termed as baby brain or pregnant brain. I'm sure most of our mothers out there would be very much aware of this particular type of condition. There's actually now uh, some evidence to show why that occurs, and it's to do with choline. See, as I said before, you got this, you got this beautiful little fetus growing in your belly, and it needs choline because it's trying to grow a brain, basically. You're developing this brain. And so where is the number one source for choline? Mum. So baby ends up stealing choline from poor old mum, leaving mum with very little choline to help her own little brain <laughs> or, or her, her I shouldn't say little brain. Or a brain, big brain her own brain. got a, only a little bit of choline in it. That's exactly right. So that's, that's the idea. So poor old mum, with the little choline that she has, um, starts to you know starts to suffer from those conditions such as poor memory and concentration, forgetfulness and vagueness. So now that's pretty much the scientific reason as to why women who are pregnant or have been pregnant before may suffer from good old baby's brain or pregnant brain. Yeah, okay, this is fascinating. As a father of three young children, and my wife's been breastfeeding, I reckon, ever since 2010, and has not had more than about five hours sleep, I reckon, for the last. Uh, almost you know nine years and we talk about this a lot just memory and all the rest of it you realize how much of a drain on uh on mum there is when there's a, a young baby um in the family and, and even in the belly just developing so um fascinating stuff so there's two very powerful uh, nutrients in iodine and choline why don't we move on to zinc now zinc to my understanding is absolutely vital during periods of growth and cell differentiation during pregnancy uh, but also to support a healthy immune system what symptoms of low zinc levels are there that our listeners can be aware of 
Well, the number one, the number one area when it comes to zinc, uh, low levels of zinc is, of course, the poor immune responses, as you've alluded to before, when it comes to supporting a healthy immune system. So, you know, the people, not just for mums, but people in general, when they're not responding to or where their immune systems aren't responding to colds and flus and all those sorts of nasty conditions um, that may uh, afflict them. And one of zinc's crucial roles when it comes to immune health is in the development and function of actual specific cells in our bodies that help to strengthen and to fight off uh, the nasty infections and pathogens that are around us, such as bacteria and viruses. And these cells, there's a few of them, there's the natural killer cells, there's macrophages, and there's also neutrophils. So these are the collection of special type of white blood cells that help fortify the immune function and are pretty much your first line of defense in that they go out, they're like your soldiers, they go out and they seek the enemy. The enemy, of course, being the bacteria and viruses. And they literally go out on the attack and seek these out and try and destroy them as much as possible. So zinc plays such a crucial role in the development and the function of these specific cells for uh, the uh, immune system. And the other little, um, uh, probably one of the most popular types of signs that you can look at when it comes to potential zinc deficiency are the good old white spots on the nails. So I'm not just talking about one or two spots. These are multiple spots. So if you look at your nails, even your toenails, and see if there's quite a number of white spots on those, the chances are that the zinc levels or your zinc levels um, are, are probably are possibly deficient. Now, this is important, particularly in pregnancy, because when it comes to colds and flus in pregnancy, there isn't too much that a, that a pregnant lady can take when it comes to fighting off infections. And so zinc, thankfully... Um, she can take zinc to enable herself to have a potentially stronger immune function and hopefully prevent uh, such infections from afflicting her during that special time of her life. Oh, that's really good um, stuff, Victor. And I think everyone, well, if every, if anyone's like me, I was checking my fingernails and my toenails whilst you were mentioning in that. <laughs> and I think I've got the all clear, which is nice, but it's always, it's a really good, uh, really quick test just to have a look. And then as you say, a great way to improve immunity, particularly for our pregnant listeners. All right, so that's three down. Number four is activated folic acid. Now, I know this is particularly important in the role of the developing baby. Can you enlighten us, and particularly around uh, the MTHFR gene, uh, what role exactly it takes and what we need to know? Okay, yep, no problem. So let's take let's take a step back when it comes to the activated folic acid. So we first of all want to talk, I would like to uh, discuss folic acid and its role in regards to neural tube defects. So we, it's a very well-known area now when it comes to the importance of taking or consuming folic acid, and that's to prevent neural tube defects. Now, I just want to quickly talk about it because we hear about neural, uh, neural tube defect, but what is it exactly? So let me explain. Um, so in the first few weeks of the embryo's life, so we're talking about the first three weeks, the neural tube is formed. And what the neural tube, it's what it is, it's actually a hollow structure within the baby or within the fetus. And this is where the baby's spinal cord and brain is formed. So the neural tube is this hollow structure where both the spinal cord and the brain of this baby or the fetus is forming. And so by the third week of life, the neural tubes close. 
okay? And so they close and the brain and the spinal cord continue to develop as the baby, as the fetus grows. However, folic acid deficiency may actually result in these neural tubes failing to completely close, okay? So this becomes a problem because um, as the baby, or as the fetus grows and by the time baby's born, there may be some types of neural tube defects that could be appearing. And one of the most common ones is what we call spina bifida. This is one of the most well-known types of neural tube defect diseases. And as the name suggests, it affects the spinal cord. Literally, there's a hole in the spinal cord and it can affect um, those individuals, uh, particularly from mothers um, who haven't been able to consume enough folic acid. So that's the folic acid story in its uh, role in regards to neural tube defects. Now, bringing into um, the, um, the conversation now, the, um, the active form or the biologically active form of folic acid. So what it is, so the name of the biologically active form of folic acid is called 5-MTHF. Now, the full name of it is 5-methyltetrahydrofolate. Um, so it's a big name. So 5-MTHF. <laughs> Say that quickly five times. <laughs> exactly right. So, so the 5-MTHF would suffice. So what happens is when you take the folic acid, your body normally converts it by different processes to the activated version of folic acid, which I said before, it's uh, the 5-MTHF. Now, in more recent times, there has been a discovery of a type of genetic mutation or genetic polymorphism, which is called the C677T MTHFR. And this particular type of genetic polymorphism or, or mutation affects the way that an enzyme in our bodies called the MTHFR works. See, MTHFR and that stands for methyl, methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase. This is the enzyme that is responsible for converting folic acid, so the synthetic folic acid, converting it over to the biologically active version, which is the 5-MTHF. Now, unfortunately, this particular type of mutation, the C677T-MTHFR, may affect that enzyme. And so, therefore, that enzyme doesn't work at its uh, at its capacity and so therefore folic acid being converted to the active form can be impaired basically uh, resulting in little amounts of the biologically active version of the folic acid being available for mother and ultimately for baby so the important thing to now know is that the biologically active version the 5-MTHF is now available so it's actually now available and available particularly when it comes to uh, natal supplements. So very important to know that when you're taking the active version that you can literally bypass that potential uh, mutation that may occur. See, the thing is that mutation, uh, it's been suggested, may be present in about 50% of the population, okay, which is quite a fair deal. You can get a blood test done. You can actually seek um, this test from, doc, uh, from your doctor or even your naturopath can also organise the test as well. It's a blood test. It is $50. It's not covered by Medicare yet, but it's certainly a way of identifying whether or not you may be positive for this particular type of mutation, the C677T-MTHFR. So in short, by taking the biologically active form of folic acid, the 5-MTHF, you can bypass that particular enzyme 
um, that is mutated. And so therefore, your uh, folic acid is more readily available for the mother and ultimately the baby to use. Oh, you're a wealth of information, Victor. And more than ever, uh, listeners, uh, if you are close to a GoVita store, I mean, there's two really good reasons just in this um, episode to go in and have a chat with the in-store naturopath, particularly more than ever, if you are pregnant or planning to be so in the near future. Now, Victor, Eagle Natural Health has a wonderful patient education guide all about uh, preconception, pregnancy, and breastfeeding. I've linked to this uh, guide in the show notes. So listeners, just check the show notes here. Um, do it either on your phone or when you're at thewellnesscouch.com at the episode page for this episode and you can access that uh, patient education guide from Eagle Natural Health. Victor, thank you so much for joining us. It's twice you've joined us on the GoVita podcast and again, you are a wealth of information. Sincere gratitude for your input today. No worries, Marcus. Always an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you, listeners, for joining us on this episode of the GoVita podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and then share it with a friend because when you do, you open up a whole new world for them when they know how to listen to podcasts. You can spread the love by leaving a review on iTunes. Make sure you head on over to govita.com.au where you can check out the latest Go magazine. That's GoVita's quarterly mag with recipes, tips, special offers and more. And remember, when next you're doing your shopping, make sure you do so in one of the GoVita stores around Australia because at GoVita, your vitality is our passion. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.